What's good, Internet? And welcome to session 27 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I'm your host, Alex Arona, and with me this week is professional dad napper Joel DeWitt. Sup, Joel? You know how you sometimes purposely misspell stuff or say stuff? So I got a prescription for something called uh, prednisone, and uh, I jokingly started calling Also with me this week is my own personal attorney, Richard Schaller. Objection. I'm not your attorney, but if I was your attorney, I'd tell you to stop telling people that when you commit a crime, you can just give them a get-out-of-jail-free card, and that, uh, eh, I'm not going to be able to help you. You're pretty hopeless. Never. I'll never stop. <laughs> Seriously, buddy, thanks for jumping in. Getty is having some technical issues, but also, I still want to shout out to the big happy birthday guy. It's his big day. He's having a good time. He's hanging out with his family. It's good. Enjoy being disconnected from the world. I'm envious. You know you can just unplug your internet, right? I have no idea what you're talking about. This week, we dig into the state of World of Warcraft, as well as the progression of RPGs with Evil Land, tons of news out of Gamescom, as well as Nintendo Indie Event. Plus, is your Xbox listening to you? We answer that and finish up with a new game segment, as we do. It's titled Metacritical. But first, as always, early adopters, where we play games that are in alphas, betas, new games, pre-release demos, just talking about what's new in the dev scene today. I sent you guys this beta because it seemed more up your alley than mine. Tell me about Anno 1800. It's a mix of, well, it's a 4X game and it's a city building game. I felt like it was heavier on the city building aspect, but it's a real time uh, city builder. The demo I played, it's it was sandbox only, which is like the equivalent of skirmish or whatever. So there wasn't a story mode or anything. I'm not not quite sure what that would what the story mode contains. I, I assume it's just a bunch of little scenarios or whatever. Right. Okay, so you you start out in just a scenario where they say, okay, go and defeat the other civilization, culture, whatever it would be. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even quite like that. It was like just build. You, you're you start on this island, and it's like build some farms, and then once you build the farms, it's build other you know build clothing for the farmers, build alcohol for the farmers. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that was the first thing I made. By the way, <laughs> make some alcohol for the farmers. Yeah, they called it schnapps, but I'm pretty sure it was vodka because it was potatoes. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> but anyways, so um, it's it's a city builder. You're building up your city. What is the next? What's the end goal? It it is to eventually beat the other civilizations and stuff. Again, it's it's a little like civilization in that you're you start with your civilization and then you eventually expand out past your borders and you meet people and do diplomacy and trade and stuff. Is there multiple win conditions, or is it straight out Annihilation? I think that there are multiple win conditions, but to be honest, I didn't get quite there yet. Yeah, I mean, this, this demo felt, felt kind of limited in the time I had with it, too. I mean, like Richard said, it's just sort of a sandbox mode. They let you choose whether or not you wanted some sort of guidance along the different steps of playing the game, which I did choose, but then really it wasn't like a step-by-step instruction of like, okay, this is what this building's for, this is what it's going to do. It just sort of took you through the steps of your next goal is to create five farms, and then you just select the farms from the menu option and then plop them down. And then they have you set down a marketplace and they tell you, okay, now you need to connect the farms to the marketplace so the farmers can transport their goods to the marketplace and that's where the sort of sim city comparisons come into play is because a lot of that is similar in that things have to be hooked or connected together okay yeah that makes sense there's a lot of like build layers on layers on layers 
Yeah, and, and you got to kind of balance keeping your citizens happy and so they don't riot. And eventually, when like your farmers' needs are met, then you can upgrade them to workers, which can basically work in different buildings. So you're I know that when my citizens riot and they resort to cannibalism, I've done something very wrong. <laughs> there, there's also um, like influence points that you can use. Every so often, I assume there's some trigger for it. It'll be like a, a newspaper publisher will kind of give you sort of your achievements, what you did well, what you didn't do well. And you can essentially engage in propaganda where you can rewrite the newspaper to Ooh, give yourself not- bonuses <laughs> if you have like influence points and stuff. Which Corruption. I thought was... Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. That sounds more like something out of Tropico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Are those Tropico games any good? They're okay. I mean, the, the Tropico ones I kind of felt were a little bit more, uh, a little less robust, let's say, than some of the other c- city builders type. Because the whole the whole hook of those is being like a purposeful bad actor dictator <laughs> and dear leader. So like, it's it's really only so many ways you can try to be successful in those kind of games because of that. But it okay. it, it is a fun diversion. I I think. I think it was a PlayStation Plus game for one of the Tropico games, so I imagine it's probably in your ability to play sometime if you're really that curious about it. I, I think somewhere I, just, I got a free game of it somewhere. Yeah, I just I didn't know if it was City Builder or RTS. I mean, I could get down on some city building. RTS is where everything falls apart for me. So it is still it's city building. So it, it would it would be that there was not really any combat per se in Tropico, from what I recall. Yeah. That guy looks a lot like Castro, though. So I kind—that's where I—that's where I got my. Okay, this is an RTS. No, that's no, a, that's a, that seems to be Castro on there. No, I mean it's been a, it's been a while, but I do not recall any actual like uh, commanding units on the field or anything of that nature. Yeah. But Anno has that. I I think so. You can I, you can um you can definitely command ships. I assume that there's later on some kind of combat system, but I didn't get my civilization or whatever advanced enough to to get to the point where i'm building units or anything it was definitely much more city building and then um exploration and stuff which i i think my biggest issue with the game which would be different when you're actually buying it but was that there wasn't much of a tutorial which is generally fine but i i kind of expected more tool tips and you know here here's this problem here's how to fix it like i had for example i had these fisheries and there was just a thing that was like, I can't remember exactly what the thing was, but it was like output something full. And I couldn't figure out how to fix that. And I eventually had to Google it because I had no idea what to do. And, and so that was kind of frustrating. I feel like. It's what did you fun. have to do? It was because um, so you have to build warehouses to store your goods, which okay. I knew. And, and it'll give you a, a, a warning about if there's not a warehouse close enough for whatever you're making. But I think mm-hmm. with a fishery, because it was on the the coast there's a special type of dock building that had to be used okay or by comparison uh the potato farms that you have to use to make the the schnapps uh you you have to actually plot out certain parts of the land around it to act as the potato farms that goes in conjunction with the actual building and it doesn't explicitly like it doesn't automatically set up that space as part of building the building. They have you make the building, and then as a separate action, you have to set up the farms around it. Otherwise, it'll just show like an incomplete or missing item sign on top of the building until you resolve it. 
Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's all because this is just the the demo slash beta of this game that I don't think that the re- I think the release might be if if at earliest at the end of the year if not next year. So there is some work to be done here. I just more curious about the initial findings. It could use more of an onboarding uh, from what I'm hearing, and it also more tooltips maybe right a little bit more of a. a, a an explanation of what's going on at thesaurus if you will yeah and and at one point towards the end of my playthrough or call it a playthrough the, the few hours i played i had eventually gotten my city big enough to build ships and then eventually you can do you can trade goods but i could not for the life of me figure out how to do that how to like set it up how to do any of that then it wasn't gonna happen <laughs> i'm sure yeah. there's a way i'm sure it's relatively robust and that you know you could produce more of something to sell to buy i mean trade but i it was very opaque to me okay i will say it it looked like it looked nice i mean it's one of the nicer uh city building games i've seen graphically like there was a lot of nice detail in the trees and in the oceans and even in the like the boats Uh, yeah that kind of took me by surprise yeah joel did you get any of those um like little quests Mm, like what there there'd be a few times like one of the other civilizations would i could like gain influence with them by doing a quest for them or mm-hmm. like randomly a citizen will like pop up with a quest I, I think i got like two or three of them and to be honest i wasn't particularly impressed it it, it would be like i've planted for for the other civilization it was like i planted three spies and so you literally just had to like zoom in and then like click on random people walking around <laughs> like like some of them would you know how it normally be a cursor it would change right. it to a hand and you could grab them and that was it <laughs> and it's <Weird>. like <laughs> yeah you have like half an hour to do it but it's just like great i'm just zooming in and staring at like essentially nothing while i could be doing other things you know in the game <laughs> so, was, so one like, so one no i i didn't get quests like that outside of just like the general like quests aligned with giving you instruction on how to build your town yeah, like build Secondly, five farms or whatever. That remind that makes me think of if you ever play Black and White. Mm-hmm. So I have it's been a while, but I recall you used to be able to pick up like civilians and like toss them around. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was fun. <laughs> that's, so that's how that's, it felt. Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> You're welcome. One of the things you told me off air this doesn't this doesn't have a pause. Yeah, I mean you could pause, but basically it'll just like essentially zoom it out, so you couldn't. Because in, in other games, like I've played some of the Paradox games, like Stellaris and stuff, or like City Skyline, where you can pause it and you can essentially plan your city while it's paused and then hit play to have it go. This when And you that pause, seems to be a very big staple of a lot of the games that the very few RTSs I've played have had that kind of pause, plan things out, plan a couple moves and hit play. Yeah, like the RTS, like 4X games and stuff. Yeah. Um, or even, um, even the one I played last week they are they will they are billions Mm -hmm. the zombie one yeah and so so basically just zoom out and you can't actually do anything which yeah so it kind of threw me off because i kept wanting to change stuff around and and joel and i were talking about this and kind of what a in what an incredible hot mess our cities became because you're just kind (laughs) of you're just ad hoc like putting down okay i need more farms you're just putting down farms like in stupid places and you're like oh i didn't use this efficiently at all whereas you know if you could pause it and kind of okay here's where i'm gonna put my farms and kind of plan it out a little better even in real life you kind of get that pause yeah although it was kind of funny because i did have the feeling of and maybe this is 
part of the point of like a European cities and how like they don't make any sense. The, it's just like the, the road systems aren't on a grid or anything like that because it just started as a small village 400 years ago or whatever and then eventually grew around it or I mean, I guess any old city, Boston's like this too. Um, so what, when I lived in North Carolina, uh, the town we were in called uh, Morrisville was kind of like that too. So like 10 years before we moved there, it was this tiny little town near Cary and Raleigh. But that place has exploded in the last like 20 years. So all the roads are these weird winding roads that go in loops and circles because they've just had so much sprawl coming out from people coming in so quickly. Yeah, so so that's why my city was utter nonsense. Yeah, there's just high demand. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's real funny. Yeah. Uh, overall, do you guys think that you would continue to play this beta? I think I would consider giving it a couple more hours. I felt like I, I did about two and a half hours, I'd say, and I, I think a couple more hours to really flesh it out a little bit more because, like I said, even after a couple hours, I just was got the supply lines and stuff up enough to build boats and i didn't even realize like until well into it that you can pilot your boat around and use it to explore to find other islands and stuff Mm. so i think that might be kind of interesting and i think that after you build on the one island you can expand to another where i assume you just have to build another city and so on and so forth so that's interesting so there's still more to explore the the levels could probably get deeper oh yeah definitely Um, and if anything if you have like if you're looking for a new city builder or you know rts game that you have, like you've gone through kind of the gamut of all the ones that are coming out you know that's yeah that's kind of how i feel about it next time maybe i get the itch to play like city builder or whatever i could i could see picking that up if it were on sale or something it and and like joel said it's very pretty the graphics mm-hmm. were really good and the anno franchise has been around for a while i've seen them around for uh, yeah I, the futuristic stuff and yeah i did some googling and it looks like basically you just play different ages and stuff which i think is kind of cool to start not necessarily from like civilization where you're starting from the stone age or whatever mm-hmm. uh you can start from a specific time and kind of run through this is obviously like industrialization and the futuristic stuff is like colonizing the moon and uh, yeah it's always interesting to take things in the new direction and also not trying to pack it all into one game but having these separate entries into the series is you can people can pick their favorite time frame and then just stick to that game you know exactly and i mean i don't know that industrialization is my favorite time frame <laughs> <laughs> maybe like a far fu- future or near future thing would be more just my speed personally but that's just personal preference see now while you were colonizing the moon i was over here on this forbidden planet <laughs> I was playing this game called the cycle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now i've been talking about the cycle i want to say for about well since i think it was one of the first beta tests we got invited to back when we started this podcast so it's yeah. been that long yeah oh, wow. we've been you've been tossing it around for a while the problem is, I think they're they're in Europe, so their times for the beta tests are, I want to say, sometimes at like two in the morning on a Thursday till like till like six in the morning on a Thursday, and then they'll do like a weekend, but it'll start again like at five in the morning or four in the morning, and so it becomes really hard on the on the weekends. I'm generally pretty busy. You're generally pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all have families and what's going on, so. It's hard to get those gaming times in, and when those betas end at, like, 2 p.m. on a Monday, it's hard to, like, okay, I didn't get a chance to play this one. Right, Yeah, right. typically not up at <laughs> 2 in the morning. And <laughs> exactly. On a Thursday. Unless I've had a few. And at that point, I am in no, ca- no any kind of uh, state to beta test. Yeah. But uh, they have now opened the servers to a live, constant testing. So at any given time, people can log in, play a couple rounds, give it a shot, if you have been accepted into the beta test this game is a twist on the battle royale genre 
where you're shot out of a spaceship onto this planet. A bunch of you, I want to say, probably about 30 of you. I'd have to double check. And you are dropped on this planet of Fortuna 3. I think that's what it's called. And Mm -hmm. you hop out of your pod and they go, you have 20 minutes. And then a huge giant storm is going to come and destroy the planet. Here are a list of quests you can do. And that 20 minutes, a dropship will come and pick you up to leave the planet. Or else you die. And that's kind of the premise of the, of the way the game works. So is it, hmm. is it like PvP or...? Yes. It is a PvP shooter at the base of it. You, you get one gun, you get a pistol, and then they say, Here, go collect 50 mushrooms. Go kill 20 beasts. Go and power up a, these stations all over the map. You then can pick and choose. Okay. Oh, and there's like, oh, here's a mi- mine this ore. And you can look on the map and like, oh, there's ore nearby. I'll go mine this ore. I'll pick up some mushrooms and I'll keep moving across the map. You see somebody, there is a dedicated like parlay. You're going to be on my team. We're cool button that if you see somebody you can hit. Well, I think it's, I think defaulted it's T, but if you hit T it's team and you guys shake hands and then you're cool. And now you guys go on your merry way, continuing to do missions together. Do do Mm -hmm. you both have to hit the button in order to agree to it? Yes. <laughs> we cool, bro. We cool. We cool. We cool. And no, Boom. And I, and I, I streamed some of this on Monday, and I, I was like, "Hey, we cool. We cool. We're cool. We're, co- we're friends. We're friends now. Cool. We're friends." Okay. Yeah, it's got to be a little uh, pulse pounding for that, like ten seconds before they click that they accept whether no, they're going to shoot you or not. That's the other test. You can turn on anybody at any given time. Mm. Oh no! <laughs> so if you shoot your partner, even by accident, it turns on the flag and says, "He has betrayed you. Let's go." And like. There you go. You're, ready to, you're off to the races. That's awesome. So you can live a peaceful existence and work together, or you can turn on somebody and backstab each other. The quests give you uh, essentially rankings. So there are you get a star. You get a, you take all these 50 mushrooms and you bring them to a landing pad. They get transferred up to the spaceship. You get a star and you get experience and money. Experience lets you level up, meaning you get like a 15% defense bonus or 10% running speed. What it kind of pops up whenever you level, but the money is really what you're looking for because before you even start the round, you have a preset loadout. Mm-hmm. You have a handgun, a machine gun, a sniper rifle, grenades, and a healing pack. Mm-hmm. You only start out with the pistol, but if you have enough money, you can go to the online store, press your cash, and all of a sudden it will, a pod will shoot out of the, st- the ship, and now you have your machine gun because you paid for it. Oh, okay. And yeah, and it, so that's interesting way to handle how you upgrade and get weapons is by you have to buy them off of the ship by accruing currency. Kind kind of reminds me a little bit of I didn't play it a lot, but um, Dust Five Fourteen had that yeah. kind of thing where you buy stuff, you know, loadouts and stuff. Yeah, I was thinking TF Two or not TF Two uh, Counter Strike. You have to buy different weapon upgrades and stuff before the match starts. That's oh, yeah. generally the rules of a horde mode. A lot of times, that's I think Gears of War does the same. It's kind of a it's kind of a known quantity at this point. I don't play a lot of those, so I I don't know that much, but I know that far and. In this case, that's the mechanic for getting new weapons and getting upgrades. So you're doing all these missions, you're teaming up, or you're, you're sniping people. The plant life and animal life is pretty vicious, so you're fighting giant monsters that are running around. You can, If you need help, you team up. And then at the end, of course, get to the dropship. But of course, everybody's there, and everybody's just murdering each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so if, you get, if you get killed, what happens? Do you just lose your, your gear or just respawn? They give you one respawn. And then after that, it's pretty much you're out of the match because it is a flat out match. It's oh, okay. just here's 20 minutes, then you're done. Will you ever play with those people again? Well, you could friend them, but otherwise oh, okay. it's just straight randos. Oh, yeah. You, you mentioned it was a battle royale kind of thing. Yeah. And of course, you get 
materials, you know, different rocks or ore on the on the planet, and then you also get your money. And however many stars you got, you get bonus, you know, you get bonus money that you can then use towards upgrading your guns and your loadout. So you can make a bigger stock for your gun. You can make uh, a better, like a, a thing that can hold more bullets for your gun. You can do all these modifications, but you don't get it innately until you're on the planet and you have to buy it. So I assume for every match you have to buy all new equipment, or does it stay with you? Buy new equipment, but the upgrades stay the same. Oh, okay. So if I'm on the menu and I upgrade my shotgun to be auto-reload, I'll land on the planet with a pistol. If I get enough money, I can buy my shotgun that has that special auto-reload. So so the other question I kind of have is, is it is it going to be one of those things where you have to spend a bunch of in-real-life money, you pay to win kind of thing, or is it all in-game I f- currency? I feel that way. I could see it going that way. I'm a little worried, and especially if these upgrades have meaningful impact on the gameplay. I just start the game. This game's been out two years. I got my pistol, I got my machine gun, and I get sniped with a guy who's got a a 10x scope and infinite ammo and has no gun waving because he's got an amazing stock. That's not going to be fun. Yeah. So what I'm getting from this is that the cycle is the first roguelike royale. Kind of, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and um, they have a whole lot of cosmetics, fun characterizations, diff- or customization levels, ways to give your guy a cool bandana or yellow gloves instead of red. Sure. It, yeah, and they're cool designs. Everything is a little slightly cartoonish, almost like an Apex or a Fortnite, the way the artwork is, how the characters look. It's a little cartoony, but more realistic, kind of in the middle. Hmm. I like, I like this game. I think it is interesting. It's got a different idea. And when I was streaming it, uh, some guy was pretty into it and liked what he was saying because he'd never heard of it before. I, yeah. I think I'd like to throw it into the fun time wasters rotation. I just, I wonder what's going to happen of it, at, you know, when it's finally released. I'm, I'm kind of a fan of those games that you can just pop in. For, like you said, it's a 20 minute match. You know how long it's going to take roughly. You just pop in when you have time and when you don't, you just don't play. Those are what I call my fun time wasters. <laughs> I, I've discussed many times in the podcast. I have too many of them. <laughs> I, I do like I do like the changes that it sounds like they've made to the genre, or at least their twist to it, right? Because everything else is you procure on site whatever weapons or upgrades you can. The main mission is just to survive, and the twist might just be like the tools that they give you to survive. And it sounds like they've really sort of deviated from that template that's been established. Yeah, you get on the you get on the island and then it's get these jobs done. It's not murder everybody. It's like, okay, I have to go and do these tasks to make money, to level up, to rank up, to get to the end. It's not who was the last man surviving because you can probably not make the airship and die and still get first if you have enough stars and you've done enough of the missions to get you somewhere. The getting off the island itself, that's a bonus. You get more experience and another star for that, but you don't like it the main thing is you getting those missions done in that time allotted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's cool. It's like sometimes it was, hey, this guy's killed five people. Now, if you kill him, that's a mission. You'll get two stars for that one. You know, it's like <laughs> they, they, it changes on the fly. So there are a couple, like it always starts out with four different ones. And then it'll add a couple more along the way. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of interesting. I've been wanting to talk about the cycle for months. But for now, let's hit a different type of cycle. The news cycle. Eh? Eh? That should be a crime. <laughs> or a Let's take a break. And after. Yes. <laughs> 
And we're back. Back with the news. Not all the news, just the news that we want to talk about. It's relatively interesting to us. And this week, there is some interesting news. First off, Sony buys Insomniac Games. That's that's a big, big win for them. I, I, I like Spider-Man a lot. I, big... I didn't know that they weren't already owned by Sony. Quite I a... don't think a lot of people did. Quite a Spider-Man news week. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't feel so Hashtag good. Sony did nothing wrong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, I think we're on two separate sides of this coin. Really? <laughs> Let them have it. Let them have it. Um, do, do we want to get into this? <laughs> Sony buys Insomniac, which means they have Infamous, Infamous uh, 2, Infamous Second Son. They did a couple other things, right? Didn't they do... Uh, there was Sunset Overdrive for that's Xbox. The one I was, yeah. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. They do good work. Yeah, they're generally pretty well received, so it's it's not surprising to me that they'd shore up and buy them. Kind of makes you wonder if maybe they were concerned about somebody else coming to them with an offer or something. Well, some of just, their, yeah. they, uh, I think sec, uh, all the infamous games were Sony exclusive, so right, right. It's mm. it's one of those situations where they're again they were already perceived as being part of the Sony family. I think anyway, this just kind of makes it for, formal. I just wanted to bring this up real quick, just because I like Insomniac games, so good for them. Yep. Next one, Curveball, your Xbox is listening to you, and so are Microsoft contractors. Did you guys hear about this one? I, I think vaguely. Vaguely. Uh, it turns out that uh, Xbox, it turns out that contractors were paid to listen to people via their Xbox Ones. Not great. That's not a good look, man. No, no. You know, it kind yeah. of reminds me of that. It was like a kind of viral video back in, I don't know, maybe mid-2000s, late-2000s, of the kid freaking out over the chocolate milk playing halo or something oh yeah yeah (laughs) i remember that so i'm just imagining that some of those contractors just had to transcribe like i don't want no chocolate milk well they they've xbox has even changed their terms of service uh not too long ago about like what constitutes harassment and bannable behavior too so it's like you kind of wonder if maybe that was supposed to be in conjunction with like the recording of stuff too like as evidence of hey, not only were you banned for good reason, but we have the proof, and we'll post a, a f- unflattering audio clip of you yelling obscenities and racial slurs. Yeah, I could I could see that as being one of, one of our reasons to have that. It's kind of a CYA sort of thing. Yeah, or it could be like another viral video where somebody asked Alexa if they were being monitored by the FBI and CIA, and it didn't <laughs> respond. Because <laughs> the answer is, of course... <laughs> Well, an, that's the, they a non-answer is still an answer, Alexa. <laughs> Your Lawyered. silence speaks volumes. <laughs> Lawyered. So yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird story. There was contractors who were being paid to do it, so that kind of makes it a little bit worse because those people hey, or, weren't even official co- employees. They could easily trade secrets and get that stuff out there. Yeah, well, if although, you're a contractor, you give less of a shit about what you're doing. Yeah, right? that's fair. <laughs> although I also wonder if maybe. And I haven't read into this, but but I wonder if also it was maybe to just sort of improve speech recognition or something like that. They did have it with the Xbox One originally, and then they got rid of the Connect altogether. Right. So maybe it was around that time when they were trying to build it up. Oh, know, so this, the, oh yeah, you said Xbox. Yeah, so it's been going on a while, huh? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I mean, again, they got rid of the... The Connect the doesn't come with it anymore. Oh. I think they're hard to buy, too, so... Right. Well, I, even, I think they're stripping out features that were with the Connect... Too, because I think they're getting rid of uh, 
what's their Alexa equivalent? Cortana. Cortana, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which is a Halo reference, right? Yep. That. Yep. That's, that's the lady a, from Halo. Despite I've never played one. I played a tiny bit of Halo, which was when I discovered that I am incapable of playing a first-person shooter on a controller. One is, nah, man. You gotta one find is, the right yeah. one. One is good, if dated. Uh, Reach is a very good game still. I haven't played two or three. You gotta yeah. find the right one. Wolfenstein and Doom are all right on the controller. I just I just cannot coordinate two, two uh, analog sticks. Mm, okay. I, can, I can mouse and keyboard all day. I mean, I'm not like, you, great at first-person shooters, but I can Did you play and, Goldeneye? Yes. Okay, fair enough. So you need to <laughs> need to plug in an N sixty four controller into your PC, and then we're good. Yeah, yeah. I just need. Well, I guess I can control one analog stick. It's not two. <laughs> it's what the video C game high school for. all over again. Yeah, exactly the C buttons. Thank you. Video game high school. One of the guys plays Counter Strike with a with an N sixty four controller. Oh, seriously. <laughs> and then I think he beats someone's teeth in with it. Like, that show got weird. <laughs> I, I think we dropped off before we got to that part. <laughs> it was the best time. Well, it's also like that guy who, who basically his whole shtick, I don't know if shtick's the right word, but his whole thing is playing games with weird things. Like he played Overwatch with a baguette. And, oh, yeah. And Dark Souls with a drum set. And yeah, some, someone on a DDR pad DDR or pad. something. Yeah, yeah, DDR pad. Yeah. That's, that's talented. I like those ideas. Oh, yeah. There, no, was one, cool. there was one where they hooked up it to a banana, and they were playing it with, with a banana. <laughs> I saw that stream. Go banana. It was excellent. That was real weird. I love finding those weird streams. It's like, what is this person doing? <laughs> that's really the best of what the internet has to offer, though. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the height of anything. I don't know. For me, it's still Salty Bet. I love Salty Bet. What's that? Salty bet. Yep. Now we're, I, I got okay. us to salty bet. Finally. Go on. Go on. Okay. <laughs> there is a software called Mugen. Mugen. Yeah. Okay. And what this does, it lets you do sprite assets. It lets you, I believe, let's see, 2D fighting game engine. It lets you build your own 2D fighting games. And in this version of Mugen, what they did was they imported every single possible one that you could ever possibly think of that don't make sense and aren't always animated correctly. <laughs> And randomly put them against each other, and between each bout, and it's two rounds, and between each bout, they give about a minute and a half where you can bake bet fake currency on, say, Jesus versus Ryu, <laughs> or a Gundam versus Mr. Fro- Bad Mr. Frosty from Clay Fighters. Peter it's Griffin like, versus Goku. It's just like whatever they can think up for a, a, a sprite model, right? Yep, That's amazing. And it's fr- and it's, sometimes it's taken out flat out stolen from other like the SNES, you know, Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> mm-hmm. or it'll be from the PlayStation version of Final Fighter, Final Fighter, whatever. It'll just they just take these assets automatically, import them all, toss them all in there, and then they'll do random matchups and then bet fake currency, and then you win or lose, and then it's like here's another minute and a half. Here are the two fighters go again, and it's just it's on a loop. I think twenty four seven. It's awesome. It's it's really fun. I peep in there every once in a while and just see how weird they're getting. Salty bet. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah, I'll send you a link. <laughs> Thanks. But the next news bit, Final Fantasy VIII, release date for the Switch, September 3rd. Another one that I will proceed to purchase and then wait another three years to play. Yeah. Any just, thoughts on that one, Joel? Um, I think I'm still on the second disc of Final Fantasy IX. That, that's my thought about that one. One day. One day you'll finish it, and then we'll be on to eight. Yep. You're going to go through them all. I, I'm i probably going to get kicked out of this podcast, but 
I have kind of an absurd back. I've played so few Final Fantasy games that maybe I'll try. I've eight. been trying to get you to. I've been trying to get you just to play seven. I know. I, I didn't even get to the end of the first disc. I should try again. I had it on PS3, and I haven't plugged that in, in a long time. But maybe when um, well, I probably shouldn't buy it again. I buy them. <laughs> I buy them every time. I bought them on on PlayStation One, and I bought the Final Fantasy Four and Six collection for PlayStation One. I bought them. I emulated them on PSP, bought them all on Vita, and now I'm going to buy them all on here's, Switch. Here's the kind of idiot I am. I was like, well, they're doing the remake. I'll just wait for that. Y- <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not sure how stupid that actually is. Hey, he'll be able to play the full thing when, you know, Jake gets back from college. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, there we go. I'm 100%. I mean, we're 100% going to get that game. It's what my wife and I have been waiting on getting a PS4 for. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the first part might come out for PS4. Might. Then, I'm actually surprised that wasn't bumped for a PlayStation 5 launch game or something. <laughs> it's currently questionable. I was going to say, I'm, we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, also out of Gamescom, Rivals of Aether, which was a variant of Smash Brothers. It was a pixel art 2D uh, brawler, which is the genre that's like Smash Brothers. I liked it a lot. I liked Rivals of Aether. There's no release date yet, but it's coming to Switch. As well as the game I talked about a few weeks ago, Verlet Swing, mm-hmm. and, and their other game, Passport 2, which I want to play, and we'll probably get that on Switch too. Looking at the, I, I googled when I was looking at our document. I, I googled Verlet Swing, and I was just like, "What the? That that's, <laughs> yeah. that looks wild. That that goes some places. It's real fun, man. It's real fun. <laughs> Passport 2 is also a really nice, cute game where you are a painter on a on a boardwalk in France." And the way it will work was that you'll see customers and you get MS Paint style menu screens and you paint a painting and then it shows up and you put it on the street in front of you uh, on display for people to buy and they will buy it from you. And with that, you take the money and you get upgrades, giving you more tools to learn how to paint better, you know, in your mouse and keyboard, different paint brushes and colors and stuff. Just like real life. Yeah, it's it was it's a cute game. I like it. I want to I want to talk about that more once I get to play it a little bit more. Cool. Now, Joel, the Nintendo mm-hmm. guy. It's turning out to be that way. Yep. Hit me. Gamescom news. I mean, it just they had an indie event, and uh, the super hot news is that Super Hot and Hotline Miami collection are out now on Switch. So sick. 25 bucks a piece, which is mm-hmm. a little a little pricey, I think. But Yeah. I w- it would have been a no question for me at 15 yeah, I mean, even if they had broken out Hotline Miami 1 and 2 for mm-hmm. a split cost, I probably would have gotten one by now. And I liked Super Hot a lot, but I'm, I'm not sure if I really gained that much from having it on a handheld. So, It's also, being one of my up there top, I want to say top 20 games that I've ever played, it's also like two hours. Yeah. 25 bucks is kind of steep. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things where it's still fun to play after you've beaten it once, but the first experience is really the the special part of it, I think. It it seems like the most of the indie games on Switch you end up kind of paying a little bit of a premium for, which sometimes I'm fine with it because you can take it on the go, but other times it's like, ah, I don't really feel like paying 25 bucks for a game I can get on Steam for 10 Just kind of no. depends. Right, and the other part of it is that these are, like you said, really highly regarded games, and because it's a brand new release on this particular console, they release it at what was full price when it first came out, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
And so that that's sort of the disparity you have to deal with a little bit. And part of why with a lot of games anymore, I wait and see if it's going to come out on Switch, if it's something I feel like I devalue out of handheld. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there are some ones that are really like, I know I'm going to put, even if it is a short game, I'm like, well, I know that this is going to really have an impact on me and I might come back and replay it. But I really like Super Hot. I feel... It's got a very specific story that if you haven't played it, I recommend you play it because it goes to some real fun and interesting places and goes places you don't expect. But yeah, again, it's kind of like once you play it that one time, that kind of mystery kind of leaves you a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What I else, agree. Joel? Uh, so this one actually is pretty exciting for me. Ori in the Blind Forest is going to be out in September for Switch. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. That was yes. that was a fun one. And I so I mean, bet. out of these three announcements, they already hit like three of some of my favorite indie games out there in totality like these are some of the like if somebody asked for recommendations on what games they have to try these are three of them right there and it's just a reminder that we're in a weird place where microsoft is cooperating with nintendo and letting them have some franchises of theirs and it's kind of cool makes you hope they publish they publish this one yeah. Right, exactly. This was a Microsoft-developed game, so it's it's an in-house thing, and it makes you hopeful that there will be more stuff coming out, too. Yeah, Ori is a beautiful game. It is. You, can, really, you can pause any spot in that game, and it looks like a painting. Yeah, it, it was it was cool. I, I never beat it, because I end up, especially with platformers, I get to like a frustration level where it's just too much, and I'm just not interested in playing it anymore. But yeah. I guess it's rage-quitting in a certain way, but but I'm just like, eh, I'm not having fun anymore. But but I enjoyed, I very much enjoyed my time playing it. It was just one of those things where I'm like, I'm I'm not gonna beat it. But then my my wife, you know, she <laughs> she powers through it and beats it. But I, <laughs> that, I'm that game does get progressively harder over time, so I don't blame you. It it gets real difficult. It's it was yeah. it was great. It was fun. It's just, I don't think I'd beat it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the next one, Joel? Uh, so uh, Torchlight Two, which is basically. Uh, kind of a Diablo-like game coming out mm-hmm. in September. Another one that I thought of was Wrist of Rain 2, which we played the early access of a while back. Kind okay. of curious yeah. to see how stable it's going to be on Switch, given that it was kind of buggy when we played it. Nintendo Online. <laughs> Did you ever get into Torchlight? Because my friend Dave was trying to get me on Torchlight a long time ago, and he had nothing but rave reviews as as a version of Diablo that is... Artwork is really pretty, and it's more colorful and bright. Yeah, yeah I played. I played a few hours of it. Um, I never got into it as much as I got into Diablo. Although to be honest, I remember when it. Well, did they come out at the same time? Either way, when people were really mad about the way Diablo three kind of went down in the beginning, mm. um, everyone was just like, "Just play Torchlight two. It's much more Diablo like than Diablo three is, and much better." So, so I got it, and I played a few hours, and it didn't quite hook me, and. I mean, it was fun. It just by the time I was ready to play another Diablo game, Diablo three was like good again because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they changed the loot and just made it generally much, much, much better. So was I think that, that I think I'm gonna get an Untorchlight too, though. Was that by the time they got rid of the auction house and yeah, all of that hubbub? Yeah, loot 2.0 or whatever. And did the the rifts and stuff like that. And every so often, I'll still go into like a month long Diablo hole. <laughs> Diablo hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, out of this, you had written here of any other indies that were looking interesting to you. There wasn't a lot 
from what I was able to pull. I'm sure some of them will, when I get more information on them, I'll be really excited for some of these nindies. Mm-hmm. But Dungeon Defender, that was, that one's, that one I remember because that was one of the first games I bought on Steam. Oh, okay. And that's a, it's kind of a little easy peasy game. It's tower defense, but you're a 3D person moving around from point to point and you have a class. That, so if you're an archer, you can shoot arrows. And so you set up your traps, they around starts. And then if they get past your traps, you can just continuously shoot them. I'm a total sucker for tower defense games. I played balloons <laughs> tower defense for like years. So so that one sounds kind of kind of intriguing to me. Yeah, I I recommend checking it out and, and I mean worst case scenario it's at this point it's on Steam for like $3. Yeah. But yeah, I I'm excited for Dungeon Defenders. I think they have D- Dungeon Defenders 2 which from my understanding was uh vastly dis- more disappointing, but Dungeon Defenders 1 good stuff. Mhm. Mhm. That was hot. Super hot. It's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Nothing, Joel? Super hot. Do it, do it again. <laughs> no. Do, do, do that Fine. Forever. Let's take a break and cool off. We're back with the backlog vlog, where we play those games that we didn't get a chance to play because we had a crippling addiction to World of Warcraft, and we also played World of Warcraft itself. <laughs> Richard, yes, you are our guest this week, and with that, I wanted to talk to you about some of the games you've been playing. All right. Well, I've been playing World of Warcraft again for probably like six months or so, mm. and full disclosure, played it in college, which was mm, some number of years ago, too long ago, but. And, but I never, Shout out to Bone Chewer. <laughs> that server was the best. I was just say, so it's probably been about 10 years since I've played. And, and I played for a couple of years in college. Uh, I never quite got to the level cap or anything to do raiding. Or, I was never like super hardcore into it, but, but I did like running dungeons and quests and you know all that other stuff. So I've been playing about six months. I started a completely new character because I actually tried to find my really old character, but I couldn't find it. I don't know if they purged them or anything, but... I mean, they did. Mine were my all of mine were gone. Oh man, oh, that's wow, really? that's that's a lot yeah. of hours of your life there. It is. It is. <laughs> but it was a little bit cleansing. <laughs> I played 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 that game too much. Yeah, it's kind of cathartic to just. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a purge. Yeah, it burned the bridge for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I could never go back now. <laughs> uh, but now I'm at the level cap. Only one character and. It's been, I've been enjoying it. I've been playing it for six months. Um, I think kind of a big reason that I ended up back on it was I think they were doing a free week or whatever. I was bored one day and I started playing. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then I just kept playing it. And they've changed their subscription model so that you only have to pay for the most recent expansion. And then obviously you you still have to pay the subscription fee. What was that? I don't remember. It's like fifteen a month if you're doing monthly, which I am because every so you know some months I just skip out on it because I know I'm not going to be playing it much. Yeah. Uh, well, you didn't tell us. Give us the race. Give us the class. <laughs> it's a troll war- warlock and horde. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, one, I'm a affliction warlock, so it's all damage over time stuff, and and you do get okay. a pet. So I give all own. the dots. Well, at least exactly. you chose the class right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Those so- are cool. I, I used to have my, they're, my they're no ca- one dead. 
I my old character was an undead rogue, so I feel ya. But it's it's been fun. I've been enjoying it. There's a lot that's different, although some of it's just I kind of vaguely remember things being different, but you know, I haven't been playing for ten years to be a bitter vet about it. Okay. Um, now I have a list of questions here. Are you ready for the questions? <laughs> sure. Okay. As a person, I like to tell and my wife actually was intru- I spoke to her about this and she just laughed in my face, so it's a real thing. I am ten years sober from World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> did they ever add houses? They did. They had something called um garrisons. And this is okay. actually kind of a beef of mine and I mean like I said, full disclosure, maybe I'm just playing this game entirely wrong. Um mm. You never know, but there is, it was in an update, I think it was, mm, it was Legion, I think it was like levels 90 through 100, I think, so it was like two expansions ago. They introduced something called garrisons that are essentially like houses, or I guess they're more like towns where you can build certain buildings on there that'll do things, like you can build essentially a mine that'll regenerate with ore every, I don't know, 24 or 48 hours, whatever it was. Um, Wait, everybody gets their own town? Basically, yeah, but you can you can make buildings on it. So like, you can't get like an auction house or anything like that. But you but know, the, I, get, I guess the whole, is it just for you? Can nobody go in yours? As far as I know, yeah. You get? Did it ever explain where that is? Like, is this like a pocket dimension? Is this some island no one's ever heard about? You know, I actually don't remember what the lore reason is for it. It's I mean, it's in like a specific zone where you can find it. And I remember when I was trying to get it, I found some guide that was like, go here. And I spent like literally like 45 minutes because I think I was not quite the right level. Spending okay. like 45 minutes just like going this like insane route like around the whole world because I thought I was in the wrong place, like swimming like an hour <laughs> to get there. And then just being like, there's literally nothing here because I hadn't done, you know, whatever prerequisite quest I needed to do. Okay. So they, they made houses and now you can get free ore that just kind of appears. Yeah, and and, I mean other, depending on what your profession is and stuff. And they have, like, little, like, missions for your followers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's literally, like, it's not the most exciting thing to me, at least. But it's, you have, you can get, like, champions, and then it'll be like, okay, send them on this mission, and you'll get this loot back. And it's literally, like, you just click them to go, and then it's like, alright, it'll be back in four hours. Joel, it's like the cats in Monster Hunter World. (laughs) You can send a pack of... You can, but you no. You could send a pack of cats to go do missions and get materials for you. Oh, yeah. really? It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Thing. It's a lot like that. And actually, the most recent expansion has a a system like that too. Oh man! Imagine if you could make champions and then just have them fight each other. This is turning into Pokemon, but it's also turning into slave fighting. I I think there actually is kind of a Pokemon mechanic that I haven't explored called Battle Pets. Ooh. But but I I nope. definitely not gotten into that. This That's is getting me too thing. excited. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry to make you tempt you to relapse here. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, we talked about cross-server play. You had said that now they allow cross-server play, and I think they did that pretty close to when I left. Yeah. Now, okay, tell me about cross-server play. As far as I can tell, and again, full disclosure, I learned about that like at about 1.30 this afternoon when I was talking to someone on Discord, and they were like, oh, if you want, I can, you know, I'm level whatever, or you know, my equipment's level, whatever, I can run you through stuff to get you geared up and stuff. I was like, oh, but I'm on this server. And they were like, no, you just need to add me on Battle.net, and then we can basically group together, and then you can do instances. Hmm. See, all right, now, I, I, I know about this. I, I wanted to get what you... Do you, li- you like this idea that you can play 
with that whoever whenever like on different servers right i i like it i mean it's it's limited to from what i can tell it's limited to people who are that you're like battle net friends with so it's people you might know you know in real life that happens to play on a different server the the problem i have with cross server play is that there was a server chat there was different chat rooms for different areas and there was a lot of people spamming for gold looking for groups talking to each other joking around trolling each other it was obnoxious yes and I- from my understanding with cross server play it's all gone now. It's it's much much quieter in chats. I'll, I'll I'll tell you that much. That's a bummer. Yeah, I, re- I remember, you know, being in Overmar or whatever, and it would just be utter nonsense twenty four hours a day. Yeah, now, now it's now it's pretty quiet. Okay, now what about PvP? It's is it still the same? Changed what? No, it's it's very different. Because I remember when when we played, you you basically chose whether to be on a PvP server or a PVE server. Mm-hmm. Now there there aren't you you literally you can just click a flag to turn PvP on and off, but you have to be in your capital area, so you can't just like you know run around and then turn it on and off. You do get if you turn PvP on, you get I think it's like a ten percent XP bonus. Okay, so which which I did do, although it's I've only been ganked it a handful of times. It's pretty rare. I mean, and, and they I, still have I like the battleground. Oh, they still they still have battlegrounds. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the whole thing. I haven't explored it much because I don't want to get yelled at. But what about arena? Yeah, or are those different? Uh, battle battlegrounds is like a, a a game, like a capture the flag or who's mm-hmm. got more, who these yeah. points are captured throughout the map. Yeah, that's what I. Uh, arena is just teams of two, three, or five, and yeah. you just try to kill each other. Yeah, they still have that. Cool. Yeah, that that still exists. It's a, that was a lot of fun. I, I remember liking yeah. that a lot. One one of the things that I did like that's different is they, they've got kind of like a dynamic leveling now. So mm-hmm. when you're playing, I don't know what levels exactly, but when you're playing certain levels, there's so they dynamically level with you, and you can you can play whatever zone you want. If you just happen to like a particular area, you can keep questing along that and earning XP and earning you know whatever gold. And I, I don't know if the loot, not the loot, the quest rewards See, if it's. But that's also uh, see, I, I love I love that idea in theory, but then at the same time, it makes me feel like the world is going to go unexplored now. I could I could see that, but but in a certain way, you can explore more because it's it's not one of those things where it's like okay, I'm in this level ten zone, mm-hmm. I'm not earning XP, I'm just destroying everything. Why am I bothering with this? But yeah. but 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 that's the other side of the coin, of course. Yeah, exactly. Is that like okay, you can spend a ton of levels in a couple zones that, that you I used don't. to like the the progression where you would go from map to map to map yeah and that'd be like every five levels or so mm-hmm. and and then I also remember that they would have dungeons that were that level specific for that map so you could do a couple more quests jump into a dungeon get a couple more mm-hmm. levels come out and go to the next map yeah that's and that's that's been my kind of preferred thing to do in general is dungeon questing with you know groups of five I think that that's just just more fun I think they from what I read, they nerfed the XP bonus and stuff from that a little bit, which is kind of a bummer. Mm, okay. But but now they have, like, different levels of dungeons and that you can do. I don't remember if that was the thing that we played, but you could do, like, heroic dungeons, which are just the same dungeon but harder. You yeah, I remember doing stuff like that. Yeah, mythics and stuff like that. I had a question. Yeah. Good. How many add-ons do you have installed on your computer uh, for, well... Quite a few. Well, maybe not quite a few. It's It's not through Twitch, by the way. Um, instead of like curse, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I have a lot. <laughs> Although some of that's like packs that are part of um, 
yeah, I don't know, there's probably like 20 here and one that needs updating. Uh, Different UI changes and stuff? Yeah, some of it's like maps where it'll show you like where nodes are for mining and stuff like that. There's mm-hmm. UI changes, of course. I, I don't have anything like too exotic, but... Because that's, like that's the one thing I remember is that when I played, you had to you had to install add-ons for like maps that would give you directions for where to farm the enemies for certain missions and like you said uh, certain resources and stuff i didn't know any, if any of that was built into the game by now or not yeah i think Qu- quest trackers i think are quest trackers are which okay i get why people are would be annoyed by but as a person with limited gaming time i i love it <laughs> and i'm just not interested that like I said, I have limited gaming time, so it's like I'm not that interested in, like, somewhere in the Northeast or this bird <laughs> kill ten of them. It's like, well, just right. show me where to go. I'll kill them. It's Move on. <laughs> right, exactly. But but I get why, you know, hardcore people are mad about making everything easy. Which I was also tasked by Giddy to ask you, have you looked into WoW Classic? I have not played it yet. It's, it's kind of funny. Like, I don't have a crazy desire to play it. I mean, I'll probably try because it's just part of what you... I mean, I... I don't think it's anything extra that you have to buy or anything. So I'm sure no, I'll I, try you, it. I, I think with you, because you have an active account, you get the beta test for free. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I assume that the rest of it's free, but but I haven't looked into it. No, I haven't tried it. I'm not like a crazy interest in it. I, I mean, think that the there's a subscription for it, and I've also heard of a really funny type of like a, a, a way that they're handling things, which is it's not a bug. This is just the game. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading stuff about that, where it's like people are complaining. It's like, nope, that that's just how it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, part of me sort of interested, but the other part of me is like, I like these quality of life things. Oh yeah, they fixed that for a reason. That yeah, was annoying. yeah, I, I totally understand, like rose-colored glasses or, or just like nostalgia and stuff. But so, Richard, you're gonna keep up with World of Warcraft? Uh, yeah, probably. I'll probably like let my subscription lapse here and there next time I get bored or something. Some Dude, try to try to get into a raid and then holler back at us. I really do want to try a raid. I need to get geared up for it and find people who won't yell at me. I feel like it's easier nowadays than it was back then. I, I think it is. There's like raid finders and stuff like that and mm-hmm. where you can basically just like hop in a group. I think I did something that was technically a raid now. They have these zones where there's these extra hard bosses and you have to team up with like 20 random people and take down the boss, but it wasn't like Oh, big... those world bosses? Yeah, yeah, they have, like, zones that seem to be filled with, like, world bosses, basically. Yeah, I know there's one as soon as you walk into Outland. There's, like, a giant dude you can fight or you can avoid. Just ignore him. Mm -hmm. Joel, does this make you want to play World of Warcraft again? No. But I'm I'm happy to hear an update. I just, I am at the point where my time is so limited that I can't fathom, even if I played at Richard's pace and level, that I would get much enjoyment out of it. I think I think I had a specific time during college where we had a lot of free time and people that we coordinated events with where that was sort of the magic time to do it. And now that that's passed, I think I'm beyond it now. Just ignore him, Richard. I'm trying to get him on Final <laughs> yeah. Fantasy XIV. It's, it's, it, it feels a little more respectful of your time, like... I can I can hop in for I mean I haven't played a gaming session longer than two hours and you know very often but it's like I can hop in for an hour or two while while Jake naps or something and feel like I had to I accomplished stuff and had a good time. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Now, this week I pulled something from my back catalog, a game I played I want to say uh, a little bit last year, but I kind of refreshed myself on it just because I think it's an interesting and fun game that does something different that I wanted to talk about. A game called Evoland. Joel, 
Have you heard of Evil Land? Uh, no, actually. I'm gonna look this up right now. No, wait. Give me one second to tell you about Evil Land. Oh, it's really cool. It I've, I've, okay. I've, I've played okay. it. It's awesome. You start as a tiny NES-looking sprite character, and you move through the grass, and you can attack monsters with a little sword, like Legend of Zelda, and you find a chest, and you open the chest, and it goes into colors. It'll open, it, it, you hit the chest, and it says, you found colors, and then all of the game gets colored. Huh. And then you go through and you're attacking uh, monsters and then you open a chest and it says, you got key. This is used to unlock things in the world. And then the next thing you'll open up a chest and it'll say, you got music. And all of a sudden music comes in and the game has you unlocking everything all the way up to the goal where you go from 8-bit to 16-bit. You unlock an inventory. You unlock all this stuff. And as you progress through the game, the type of game changes. Uh, what, what is the name of that book where it's like... There's only one person that gets to like experience these kind of things, and it's like passed down from an elder to oh the the giver. Yeah, the, this is the <laughs> giver of the game. <laughs> wow, I never considered that. That good, good, <laughs> good pull. Good memory. <laughs> wow. I'm gonna write that one down. That's gonna be a good one. Whoa, but I, I guess you're right though. I've I've also played this game, and I, in a certain way, you're right. Like, yeah, it's like black and white, and then yeah, you get a chest, and then it's in color, and yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a short game. I think it's like three, four hours with secret stars that are throughout there for any completionists. And the enemies look shockingly close to almost Ill- illegal facsimiles of Zelda enemies or Final Fantasy <laughs> enemies. Like there's Octoroks, like oh, octopi nice. that <laughs> shoot rocks at you. Mm-hmm. And the classic bats. It's, it's a fun concept. If anything, just to see how far graphics and games have come. Uh, at one point, you get equipable gear. You get action RPG where the life bar looks... It is, it's just Diablo. He gets a red orb. <laughs> and uh, they made a sequel. But I don't know if it could capture the same kind of magic idea. Uh, the slowly progressing game. I don't think they even did it as much. I think it was more of a focus on an actual RPG story rather than this cutesy idea of evolving the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And I think that one was like 16 hours, which I don't know if you necessarily need it. So I, I would stick to the original over the sequel. I wanted to give my favorite unlocks, though. Turn-based combat. That was a fun one. As soon as you get that, everything is turn-based, and it looks like Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> Unlocking dungeons was fun. There was a lot of different dungeons, and they all had different puzzles. Uh, opening backstory, you find like five minutes in. So you don't know what you're doing, and then you open a chest, and all of a sudden a scroll comes down. It's just like, like scrolling through text telling you the story. <laughs> it says, you found backstory. Uh, the world map was cool. You find a world map, and it looks just like in Final Fantasy VI, and you're roaming through the, the city, and you find a little villages. And then also villages is something you unlock. It's like, oh, you can talk to people now. <laughs> ew, ew. I like Evil Land. I will recommend it to anybody. That it is even just a testament of what indie games can do and how different they can be. It's that's something that I, I had. I've had a conver- uh, many drunken conversations with a couple of friends of mine, including my friend Sean, who once said, like, you know, they should make a game like this, and he would just describe it to me, and I'm like, oh, that's Evil Land. You should play Evil Land. <laughs> I, it's really good. I, I fully agree. It's 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 almost like just a really cool piece of concept art in a certain way, where it's like, maybe not self-referential, but it's, it's yeah, it's, it's just a cool game. It's such a cool concept and decently fun gameplay. I, again, I, I really enjoyed my time with it. Uh, and again, yeah, I've, I've, I've I think I've suggested it to like seven people. I think, hey, I, you should you should play this. Isn't isn't one of the unlocks like instead of moving just left and right, you can move like up and down too? If well, I, I, I think it was more that diagonals come into play. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. It's it's been a while. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's cool. Well, that was a good backlog blog. I enjoyed myself, but for now, I want to move into a new segment, bonus segment. 
I like to call Metacritical. Joel, hit the music. Let's get critical. Critical. I, I didn't expect that. Critical. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't expect that. That was pretty good. Well, well played. I'm sorry for my air horn there. I like the air horn. The air horn was good too. Metacritical, where I go over over Metacritic scores and have so, have my compatriots here guess and discuss the scores. We understand that Metacritics aren't everything, it's just but it's just a fun game to play. So let's get to it. Speaking of MMOs, Joel and Richard, hmm. we've played a fair number of MMOs. Would you say? I would say so. Handful. So let's think here: World of Warcraft, EverQuest, Final Fantasy XI, Ragnarok Online, Knights of the Old Republic and Star Trek Online. Hmm. Which of these do you think had the highest score? Ooh. Here's a hint. It was a tie for two. I and we're going off base game, not expansions. I never played it, but I could see Ragnarok Online being really highly rated. I, okay. I, I never played it. You were real into it. I like it. It, it, felt, it felt like very much the type of thing that people got real into. It was like kind of niche. That Especially the Chinese. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, so that's my guess. Did you say EverQuest was one of them? Yep. Ooh. EverQuest 2. I'm going to go with that one because I think that was I think that was before WoW came out and before WoW kind of fundamentally changed what people expected out of MMOs. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm going to guess that the critiquing class, people who reviewed the stuff, probably saw it as a, a big achievement. The answer is it's a tie. WoW and KOTOR. Knights <sighs> of the Old Republic. <sighs> Which came out substantially later. Yeah. 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 But they both got the highest Metacritic score of 93. Lowest, Star Trek Online. Hmm. Y- you know, I do recall KOTOR being praised pretty well at release. And, and I pe- think it was at a time when WoW started to dip. Yeah, and, and I think, if anything, people were lamenting that it, people weren't latching on to KOTOR. Mm-hmm. Or, it's not KOTOR, the Old Republic. Uh, yeah. Because it it wasn't close enough to a Bioware game, as if they were going to be figure out how to do that with an MMO. That's that's much tougher. Speaking of WoW, again, what was the highest rated Metacritic expansion? I'm going to go through these for you. They made a lot of these, more than I thought. <laughs> I only lasted through two. Okay, Burning Crusade, Frozen Throne, Cataclysm, Mists of Pandaria, Warlords of Draenor, Legion, or Battle of Azeroth. My Which of those do you think had the highest Metacritic score? Ooh, My guess would be Cataclysm, because it just kind of fundamentally changed everything about the game. I think that that's the one that introduced dynamic leveling and stuff. The, the other thing that makes this a little hard is I'm just playing straight through the game, whereas I don't, so I don't necessarily associate stuff with the expansions, um, except for like... That's true. I remember Mists of Pandaria, which I thought was going to be really dumb. I remember thinking it sounded really dumb when it came out and i enjoyed it but you but didn't I, want kung fu panda the dlc <laughs> it was it was better than i thought it would be but my guess is cataclysm okay joel i'm gonna guess the frozen throne because it definitely had by far the sweetest introduction cinematic that was cool answer was burning crusade 
Was it the Very first? Crazy. That was the first one, right? Th- that was the first expansion to World of Warcraft. I think that's uh, the lowest one was Battle of Azeroth, the current one you were in. Huh. Yeah, lowest yeah. Metacritic score. Yeah, I can see why people are mad about it. Next, World Builders. We've talked about some World Builders, and I found some Metacritic scores. Anno 2070, which was the original, City Skylines, or SimCity, the most recent one being 2013. How do you guys think those fared? What was the highest Metacritic score? I'm going to bet City Skyline. Okay. I'm with Richard, because I, I, I know for a fact that people hated that SimCity. Yeah, yeah, I remember that being kind of a disaster, and then people were like, uh, you can, well, if you want well, like SimCity... Well, the whole thing, Richard, if you remember right, it was you were constrained to like one city block, and then you had to connect online with other people to trade for goods and services to keep your city running, because you had to like specialize your city in a certain type of like producer type. Yeah, and you like couldn't. It was you couldn't just like destroy your city for giggles and yeah. Which that's what I want to do in a Sim City game. Exactly. Right. Once you've gotten bored of doing the right thing, you want to see hell break loose and Godzilla roaming the streets. Exactly. So so I I think it's gonna be City Skyline. You guys are both correct. City Skylines did very well with an 85, Anno 2070 with an 83, and SimCity coming in at 64. By the way, when did Anno 2070 come out? How old is that? I will look that up right now. I say I just don't know how, how long. I know that there's several games in that. I just have like no conception of how long it's been going. That was for. the fifth game in the series in 2011. Okay, so <laughs> long, long time. Yeah. Next, Battle of the Loot Shooters. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a lot of these, Richard, are in your wheelhouse. Some games you've played, I know for a fact you've played. So I figured that you might have some good input on these. All right. Destiny 2, The Division 2, Warframe, Monster Hunter World, Anthem, Diablo 3, Borderlands. I think I made these lists too long. (laughs) It's like seven of them. (laughs) What do you guys think was the most highly rated loot shooter? Which do you think was the worst? If you know the background of one of these games... You'll kind of know which one probably got Go through the list one more time. Yeah. Destiny 2, Tom Clancy's The Division 2, Warframe, Monster Hunter World, Anthem, Diablo 3, and Borderlands 2. Wasn't wasn't Anthem like a train wreck, at least at first? I think that's the lowest. I could be totally misremembering it or thinking of something else, but... Richard's calling Anthem. I feel like Anthem had a lot of trouble. Okay, and Joel, what's your guess? For worst? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just say Warframe. Okay. And the answer is Anthem. Anthem had the bad, the worst one. Though, again, Warframe, also low, only be, it, when it came out, it wasn't, you know, if it, it's a, it's an ongoing game now, it would have rated probably much higher. Yeah, I, I remember when PS4 came out, it came out with that at launch, right? Yeah. And I think I popped it on for like a half hour and bounced off it real quick just because it was incomprehensible. I think it came out in PS3, too. Oh, geez. Now, what do you think did the best? The Division 2's been pretty well received. It has. I'm going to go with Destiny 2. Okay. I think based off of the perception they had with Destiny 1 about how fumbled it felt coming out the gate, and there was such high expectations for there to be something to do in Destiny 2, and I think people were kind of wowed about how big the story was in terms of actually being a cohesive story. I think Mm -hmm. that one did pretty well. Okay. The answer is, it's a tie between Monster Hunter World and Diablo 3. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Though, again, The Division and Destiny, 83s and 84s, so there's nothing to to scoff at. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's that's interesting because I assume that most of the Metacritic stuff is from initial reviews, right? Yeah. That's mm. interesting because I feel like the Diablo three backlash was pretty pretty quick, and but maybe maybe it took people a while to. And, and yeah, that could have been more fan backlash, right? I mean, that's fair. You you think about the nature of that issue with the loot house, and probably the reviewers playing it didn't have much access or use for it since it was just reviewers playing it. Uh, also, just as a note for historical references, it didn't come with the auction house that was added in a- afterwards, and then was pretty quickly removed. Really? Yeah. I so I don't think launch, it came but... with it. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I for some reason I remember people getting excited about oh the auction house is opening up the auction house is opening up when the game was already out. Well, I I remember specific stories back then about how like people were legit making bank selling stuff on that in-game auction house. Like they were using that in-game auction house to then pay for their WoW subscription. Yeah, because because the auction house you pay straight money for. It. Right. There went my million dollar idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last one, Richard. Yo. Star Wars or Star Trek? I know you have preferences. I know you and your wife have a love for both of these properties. Here's a question. All right. Which one out of all of the Star Trek games and all of the Star Wars games, which had the best Metacritic and the worst? Ooh. Pick which one of the franchises. Oh, like, like I bet the Star Wars had the best. There okay. are some beloved Star Wars games. I think there were some really not beloved Star Wars games, but I feel like you don't hear a ton about the Star Trek games, so I, I think that Star Wars is going to have the best and Star Trek the worst. What do you think, Joel? <sighs> yeah, the, the funny thing is I can't think of hardly any Star Trek games. I know mm-hmm. there's I know there's a VR experience out there. Um, there's an MMO. There's but but I think game. about like Star Wars, and they've had such a wide range of things like uh, the Rogue Squadron games, and so I know some of the Super NES ones are kind of uh, loved. I'm gonna go with Star Wars. Has the best, and you think Star Trek has the worst? Because you got to think that they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. You can have the worst Metacritic going to a Star Wars game and the best. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you guys are both voting on Star Trek being the worst and Star Wars being the best. Maybe, maybe it is both. Because there are some like Star Wars games that are just abysmal, and some that are very beloved. But I guess you just don't hear a ton about the Star Trek games overall. So, all right, I'm gonna you convince me. I'm gonna change it. I think it's both Star Wars. Okay, and the answer is Star Trek had the worst ones, and Star Wars did have the better ones. Oh, why did <laughs> he talked you my... out of your answer? Oh, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Uh, KOTOR, the original KOTOR, a 94, and uh, Star Trek was a tie between Shattered Universe and the video game based on the movie. (laughs) Is that what it was called? Uh, No, it was Star Trek, uh, the video game, and it was the one that has Chris Pine in it, and uh, from my understanding, it's virtually unplayable. (laughs) You know, Star Trek should have, it's such a cool, like, universe and world, I think they'd really get into video games, but... Well, I mean, it kind of goes along with this whole segment with Metacritics and just in general. It doesn't necessarily mean anything because I've heard nothing but good things about Star Trek Online. Sure. As well as Star Trek Bridge Crew, mm-hmm. the the VR game. Oh, I've heard that's really cool. I'd like to yeah, try yeah. that. So now we're going to move on to our last mini segment we always have. One last thing. One last statement. One last sentence. One last thing to send you into the weekend. Or at least us. For you guys, it'll set you into the week. My la- one last thing is happy birthday, Getty. Also, I'm back on Overwatch. It's still pretty good, but we'll talk about that in a later episode. Joel, what you got for me? I'm just going to finish what I started saying earlier on. Uh, You you know how you'll purposely replace 
words just to make jokes about things. Well, I was prescribed uh, prednisone, and every time that I read it now, I think pregnant zone. Kind of like the bone zone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't. I'll say the word out loud, and in my mind, it's try- It's wanting me to say pregnant zone because I've just thought about it in my head too many times. I mean, it's where you go after the bone zone. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. Pharmacists Bar- Bar- <laughs> Bar- Bar- probably like, can't, can't, can't help you there. <laughs> Richard, what's your one last thing? I just say this has been my uh, millennial dream of being on a podcast. So, so thank you. I'm gonna go eat some avocado toast now. Very nice. And thank you for being on our podcast. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, it's been fun. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where Metal Gear Kevin, Solid Hartwig, Sons of Hartwig, on Friday now. He's got a schedule shift, so he'll be recording on Fridays now. He's at, right at the tail end of Metal Gear Solid 2. And I think that I'm going to make him promise not to drink this time so he can actually finish the game. <laughs> he needs to be sober for this experience. <laughs> <laughs> also on Twitch, we have Multiplayer Mondays. I have started a stream every Monday where I play all of my multiplayer time wasters with you all. Last week was The Cycle and Overwatch. Next week, I think I'm going into Rainbow Six Siege and Monster Hunter World. One day, I'll probably get into Dauntless, maybe some Spellbreak beta. But I have a lot of ideas in the pipeline. We also now have 2D Tuesdays with Joel and Kelly. Mm-hmm. We're still working on some technical difficulties, but I definitely loved watching last week. You got any th- ideas for this coming Tuesday, Joel? It depends on how much I want to make Kelly suffer. I think we might go a little bit more easy and uh, mainstream route next time, though. Make her play Cuphead. <laughs> then she'll regret this ever thing ever happened. Right. <laughs> Speaking on watching our streams, all these shows, as well as our archives, will be posted to our Super GG Radio YouTube channel. So subscribe to that if you miss a stream and want to catch up. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the targeted shirt of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG, Joel. Good game. Good game, Richard. Good, Good game. Thank <laughs> you.